Welcome to Get the Job Australia, the podcast created to accompany you whilst you find the job, the one you've always wanted. We're here to provide weekly inspiration and tips to help you along your job seeker journey. Think of us as your personal coach, helping you navigate your way to that employment offer. We also offer tailored services in resume writing, cover letters, LinkedIn profiles, and interview coaching. Visit getthejobaustralia.com.au to find out more. Now here's the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about the things that you can do when you can't find a job. So it's a really difficult time at the moment with the pandemic. There are still a lot of job seekers out there in the market. And we've actually come up with three really interesting things that you can do to increase your chances of getting a job and ultimately get you on the path to getting the job that you really, really want. So the first thing we're going to talk about is to get clear on what you're looking for. If you have found yourself out of work completely, if your industry is overwhelmed with applicants at the moment, maybe have a think about whether it's worth taking a break from that industry and getting a, in quotation marks, in the meantime job. Because it always looks good, it always looks better to go from having a job to getting another job, if that makes sense, rather than going from being unemployed to getting a job. It's much easier and you look much better as an applicant when you already have a job and then you apply for another job that you really want rather than being unemployed. Unfortunately, that's just the way it works. So what you could do to get to that ultimate job that you really want The way you approach it is by doing your ABC of finding work. So what that means is you first need to find a job if you're unemployed, something that's really easy to get. And for those who aren't really fussy, it could be as simple as driving Uber or delivering Uber or a role where there's a rotating roster and shift work, which not a lot of people want to do. It could be a job that doesn't pay well. Whatever it is, it's something. You've got a job. So that's the A of the ABC of finding work. The B stands for getting a better job. So once you've got security and you've settled in in your A job, you then look for your B job, which is your better job, one that's a stepping stone into your career. And then the last step that you take is to make your transition either back into your career or into the career you actually want. So that's the ABC, finding a job, finding a better job, and then going into your career. So this is really helpful as well when you set timelines and and put a, a sort of a deadline on ideally when you'd like to be in each of those jobs. So as an example, you might give yourself one month to find a job because you know you'll accept a lower pay or you'll do shift work or you know there's there's not a lot of people willing to do that particular type of job then once you've established yourself and the pressure is also off a little bit because it can be that the the pressure to to get a job to get the job you really want uh, can be amplified when you are unemployed so once the pressure is off a little bit Maybe spend some time working out how to make yourself more attractive to your desired industry. So what's your ultimate goal? This could mean 
getting another qualification or maybe doing some free work or some internships or finding something that's a little bit more relevant to your field. So if your A job was working as an Uber Eats driver because that was really easy to get for you and you could get it fairly quickly and your ultimate C job, i.e. your career, is in logistics, maybe your B job, i.e. your bridging job, to get you to logistics to might be to apply for roles in companies like Toll or Star Trek. So you could go into it with a plan to stay in your B job once you get it for six months and then apply for roles in your career, your C job in logistics. And this, as I said, makes your whole approach to getting into your career way less overwhelming. And never think that any of these jobs are a waste of time because you'll learn how to market yourself, you're getting out of your comfort zone and you can also be appear as a unicorn to your employer. So a unicorn in recruitment is someone who's got a lot of like a, a versatile range of skills. They've dabbled in a few different things. They've still stayed on their career uh, trajectory, but they've also picked up skills along the way in different industries and a, a little bit more their skills are a little bit more broad. So it's never a waste of time to go into different things. And also a good story about going from losing your job and either changing your career or, or going through really tough times. It's also a really great story to an employer. It shows resilience and it shows spirit. So never ever think that this is a waste of time. Your career is going to spend many, many years, decades, in fact, decades and decades. So Nothing that you do within a year or two is going to have a major impact on your career as a whole. It's just, it's just an adjustment. That's all it is. So never ever think that this is a waste. Give yourself time to get into what you want. Thoroughly research what it is that you need to do and get really clear about what, where you want to end up in your career. And that's the first tip to do to take on board when you can't find a job. The second thing is, of course, we have to mention something about your resume as we talk about your resume all the time on this podcast. And the second thing, like I said, it's to add some personality to your resume. So the thing is, <laughs> everyone is so afraid to divert from the standard black and white Times New Roman resume. But guess what? You're not the only one applying for the job. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, you might have seen a job in a newspaper or on a literal job board with paper <laughs> and you would mail your resume literally through the post across to the company you're applying for. And as long as you interviewed fairly well, you'd basically get the job. There was little competition. There were few people in the market. There were few pe fewer people working. There were fewer people in in general, because the population was smaller, and on average, the number of jobs matched the number of job seekers. But now it's completely turned on its head, and it's like the market has changed, but our resume writing has stayed the same. So if you're spending all of your time writing a resume with an enormous amount of effort that spans over five to six pages, and it has, you know, irrelevant things like your full address, you know, and stuff like that, Honestly, thinking some recruiter is going to take a whole 10, 15 minutes to read every word of your resume, you are absolutely kidding yourself. 
On average, they take less than 10 seconds to look over your resume. So if you can't make the cut in 10 seconds, your resume will not reach the people that actually matter, which are the hiring managers, which are the people who, you know, the people who you're going to be working alongside. So you need to cut out what's not necessarily not necessary and only put your best, most relevant information on there. And remember that you can actually save some information for the interview too. You don't have to put your whole entire working life, all your qualifications, etc., on your resume. As an example, for me personally, I have a master's of nutrition and I worked in nutrition for eight months, I think, after uni. Only eight months. So a lot of the jobs, and then I decided that it wasn't for me, but a lot of the jobs that I apply for have got nothing to do with nutrition, but having a master's is obviously a really great achievement, but because it's not necessary to the job and it has no impact on the job, I quite often leave it out because one, you risk looking like you're overqualified and two, it is just not relevant. It takes up space and anywhere on your resume where you can cut down the amount of words the more appealing it is to that stranger on the other side who doesn't know you from a bar of soap and can easily find what they need to find for that job and to see if you actually match the criteria. But if you're going to disguise your, your relevant skills within words and words and piles and piles of information, you really run the risk of being overlooked. So make sure that you add some personality to your resume. And what I mean by that is make it really easy to read. Make, add some color. Use some templates. Make it really stand out amongst all the sea of black and white resumes that the recruiters and hiring managers are going to look at, look over. Don't be afraid to be bold. Obviously, keep it professional. No pinks and purples and pictures of I don't know, pictures of flowers or whatever, but just just don't be afraid to be different in the right way. And that's how you'll get noticed more. The third tip that we have is to open up your networks. You actually have a larger network than you think. And if you're not utilizing it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take so much longer to get the job. Not only get a job, but actually get the job that you want. Your network doesn't have to consist of strangers. When, whenever we think of networking, I think everyone diverts to that thought of, oh, I've got to go out and I've got to meet people and I've got to introduce myself and it's so scary and it's making my palms sweat just thinking about it. But that doesn't have to be what your network means. So you can literally start making a list of the people you already know, which are much easier to approach. It's a more of a warm cell. And you'll, once you start writing down this list, you'll find that your networks are actually swimming with potential job opportunities. So as an example, as some examples, have a think about your family, your friends, your past work colleagues, any people you've met when you've done volunteer experiences, internships, uh, sporting or other recreational activities. If you don't actually feel comfortable uh, approaching the people that you used to work with maybe 10 years ago because you haven't spoken to them since. Just do simple things. You can do something as simple as posting on Facebook that you're looking for a job. At the moment, everyone's sort of making that post on LinkedIn that they're open to work, but no one seems to be doing it on the platform that should actually be filled with the people that care about you, <laughs> which is Facebook, or it should be Facebook. So, 
on LinkedIn, a lot of people putting a status that they're in the job market. And if anyone has any opportunities, please reach out to them. But on LinkedIn, if you think about it, the people in your network are called your connections. On Facebook, the people in your network are called your friends. So the chances are that those friends if they don't know of a position personally, they're more likely to ask around for you rather than your connections on LinkedIn who would potentially keep scrolling through their newsfeed because they haven't actually met you in person and therefore it doesn't mean as much to them to help you, <laughs> which is really brutal to say, but just have a think about things like that. And if you've never, as another example, if you've never volunteered before and you don't have any volunteer networks, think about starting to do that while you're going from your A job to your C job. Your bridging job or your B job should be you building up and taking the time to build up the skills you need to ultimately land your dream job, which is your C job, which is your career. So if you've never volunteered before, it's something you can do alongside working. I mean, it's very flexible because you're not getting paid. And there's there's so many volunteer channels that you could leverage to build up your network. And also another uh, another advantage of it is that you can close the gap on your resume between jobs. So even if you're doing it before you've landed any job, it looks much better as an applicant to say you're currently working or engaged in some type of work, paid or unpaid, then it's then it says then when it says that you're unemployed and not doing anything. You just look so much more attractive. So if you Google just volunteer websites, I think there's a company called uh what is it called? Volunteers of uh, volunteers opportunities in the West or Melbourne West volunteers. Um, there's all sorts of positions. You'd be surprised. There's, there's a lot of, there's a big range. It's not just working in a soup kitchen. It can be internships in IT. It could be, there's such a broad range of roles that you can find on there. And when it comes to networking, don't kid yourself. It is a numbers game. So the more you open up your network and your circle of friends or colleagues or acquaintances, the more likely you are to find or stumble across something that'll get you to where you want to go. So um, yeah, that's just a much easier way to network. Keep in mind all of those three things when you're looking for a job. It's really good to just try different things and shake it up a little bit. And if you're persistent and you plan and you step out of your comfort zone, you can definitely get a job, pandemic or not. So that's the podcast for this week. If you liked it, please give us a thumbs up on our Spotify. I don't know if you can actually do that. I'm just throwing words around here. Um, but we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and we sometimes post YouTube videos as well. Um, and if you did need help with your resume or any of the things we've discussed, head over to our website. It's getthejobaustralia.com.au. Until next time. Thanks. Bye.